Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. We're going to get into the presence of God, but I just want to bring a couple minutes of a very abbreviated teaching on the thing that I feel like God wants to kick out of the church. I say this uh, often, but the only spirit I want in our church is the Holy Spirit. I don't want a spirit of religion. I don't want a spirit of this world. I don't want a spirit of depression, shame, whatever it is. And listen, we're, we're mind, body, and spirit, so not everything that happens in your life, you know, every time you stub your tail, the devil got me again, you know, now sometimes you just weren't paying attention. <laughs> I never want to be a church that spends more time looking for the devil than looking for God. So I never, I don't, I don't want that. In fact, I think one of the coolest things you can do is just ignore him. When he try, boo, you're like, oh, it's just you, whatever. But sometimes they're, you know, they're, they're on the flip side of that. We can have issues or, or things in our life that have maybe opened doors, lies we've, we've come in agreement with, and by legal definition, we, we come in agreement with the enemy, and then there can be a level of, of demonic influence there. And it's, it's not like, you know, the exorcist, okay? Like, whenever we have a freedom night, I feel like I gotta, like, talk to new Christians. Like, it's not gonna look like the exorcist. There might, it might get a little gnarly. Like, some stuff does happen. But, but I, what I wanna go after today is uh, shame. Shame and possibly, if it's demonically influenced, I wanna break that off of people tonight. <clears throat> Genesis 2.25 now, I want you to, to know something. I want to lay this foundationally. When you want, wonder what God's original intent, when you, intent was, you go to Genesis 1 and 2. He, he spells it out. Be fruitful, multiply, take dominion over the earth. You know, uh, these are all the things. You're made in his image. You were made in his image and likeness. These are all original intent. And when sin came into the world, uh, we... Mankind gave up their authority. We lost our covering. And when we lost our covering, we slipped into not original intent, but even the second that happened, God began to prophesy and tell us there's a plan for redemption. He even tells the devil, hey, you're going to, you know, talks about the woman and the, and the, and the seed, and the, he was talking about Jesus and that you'll bruise his heel, but he'll crush your head. And, and, and then the rest of your Old Testament is just trying like a big blinking sign. Boom, boom, boom. Neon sign in the pitch black, just pointing and prophesying about Jesus. Even all the rituals that they did in the temple, the lamb, they'd bring a perfect spotless lamb and they'd grab it and they'd have the person that brought the lamb put their hand on the lamb and then the priest would kill the lamb right there and the idea was that the innocence of that lamb would he would become 
the sin in your world would be forgiven by the sacrifice, and then that innocence would be transferred to you. Why, why, I'm glad that that wasn't the full plan, thank you, Jesus, but it pointed to the Lamb of God. Jesus called himself the Lamb of God. And so, as we go here, I want to talk about uh, shame was one of the first byproducts of, of our separation from God. And, 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 it, and it is a, it's a sneaky little guy. He's sneaky because often he can make you behave in a way that looks good. A lot of people live in shame, so they try to behave okay so that they're not, they're covered by their behavior. And so Genesis 2.25 says this. Genesis 2.25. And they were both naked, the man and his wife. Woohoo! Prophesy. Prophesy. And were not ashamed. Wednesday night. <laughs> Notice it says... Just the man and wife, okay? So I don't take that out of its context and its rightful place, but it's rightful place. Thank you, Jesus. But it says they were naked and were not ashamed. Interesting. Interesting that, you know, as, as God's planning out his divine word and his, his word that it wanted to really emphasize, hey, they weren't ashamed. And, and the reason I believe they weren't ashamed, listen, it's not like Adam and Eve like weren't fully like there. Like, I, I, I don't think he didn't, re- I mean, there's no man on earth that doesn't notice when his wife's naked. And so I, it's not that he didn't know that they didn't know that they were naked. It wasn't the nakedness. It was that they didn't feel any shame and, a, and, a, and why do they not feel shame? It's because they had a covering, which was God. It says that he, he was with them in the garden. There was a covering of God's, God's presence in their life. And when God's presence in your life, and you understand that covering, it is amazing how things that once caused so much shame, when his presence really gets in you and on you, now because when Jesus comes back into your life and he covers you again, now the thing that you were most embarrassed of becomes your weapon that you fight the enemy with. The Bible says that by the power of blood and the word of your testimony, you overcome. And I love it when, when people first get like saved. It's like their, their old life is like this weapon that they're just swinging around all over the place telling like, I used to do this and I used to do this and, and now I don't do this, you know? And it's, it's just, there's so much power in that. Because, why? Because we, we now have his covering over us. And so Jesus restored the covering that Adam and Eve had that kept them from feeling shame. And, and so, and look at this, what happens in Genesis 3-7 now. So now they have disobeyed God, broken the commandment, and have been separated from God. Genesis 3-7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made for themselves coverings. Coverings. And the truth is, mankind, ever since this day, has been sewing together something that looks alive but is dying quickly, is decaying and dying. It's not a real covering. It's not a true covering. It's just something that we hide behind. Right? 
I mean, I buy lettuce at the grocery store. That's just not, that, I, that was a panic move. Like if I went like, I need clothes, that would not be the first thing I'd pick. <laughs> Something that withers and dies and becomes very crumbly and easily breaks apart in like two or three days. <laughs> he didn't think that through. <laughs> but he's just scrambling, saying, I got to cover, I got to cover, I got to cover. And, and that's, that's the toxicity of shame is that when, we, when we're young, you know, I love kids, like, especially like the age that I have, like four or five, they're like unashamed. Like if I've many a times had to ask Asher, please come back inside because he's in the front yard and he's just buck naked, <laughs> riding his bike. I've got some babysitters in here that can verify this kid does not feel much shame about not having clothes. You know, it's just not registering. He's like, whatever. It's warm enough that this seems like the appropriate attire <laughs> for the level of heat I'm experiencing. For him, it's not about covering. It's just about uh, efficiency and being comfortable. <laughs> and although I'm not saying we go back to original 10, I'm not saying we all need to become nudists by any means. <laughs> What I'm saying is in our spirits, we should feel good being naked. We should be good, feel good with no area being hidden. We should feel that way. And I notice just in my journey, when people get saved, you can see it. Like they'll come up here one week and they'll go back there and pray with Ted and the team and then I'll see them the next week, and you just see it in their face. Because, because the contrast of I was totally bound up and not covered to now I'm covered, it's so Jurassic that I think sometimes almost new Christians are better at this. But I noticed that just life and the enemy, so the enemy doesn't like it when we recognize what salvation has given us, that we're fully forgiven, fully washed clean, that our past does not define us, does not mean anything except for now Jesus has come into my world and he has took it away. You know, we get into like psychology and generational cycles and it's important to like help you unpackage maybe habits or behaviors or, or a thought life that pull you back into things. But we have to remember that when we come to Jesus, as far as the east is from the west, it's erased. He remembers it no more, he says. And we have to remember that, but the devil and, and life and this world, people don't like it when you're unashamed. So even people. Unashamed people bug shamed people. Like, they, they really do. And they'll, they'll you know, passive-aggressively say things to you like, I don't even know what they say. I just don't like what they say. <laughs> I'm, I'm way out my notes, so I'm in just... They say things that you're like, I, I felt like you, you smiled like you were complimenting me, but you seemed to basically tell me to chill or, or not be so alive or happy. And, and people that are in shame don't like unashamed people. Wow. Right? Also, people that are in shame don't like to talk about real stuff. You know, you want to know how you have no shame? Go through the entire laundry list of your life. Focus on the good, because that's nice to do. 
But then whenever the bad or the ugly comes up, are you comfortable? Would you be comfortable sharing that? And if, you know, and like, let, have discretion here. If this is something that happened two hours ago, there's a, there's a period of time where you're just working it out, right? right, right. But, but if, if you're still ashamed of stuff you did in high school, unless you're in high school in this room, like, <laughs> if you still can't use that story to, to help another brother or sister come out of something, if you go, ah, oh, no, 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 that's too, too much. Now, I... Hear me on this with wisdom. Like, you know, I use I don't like I don't like to bring up my past junk because it's over, but I but I do use it when it will help somebody, free somebody. And 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 if I'm dulling down the story or numbing it, I, I feel that in my spirit. Like, oh shoot. Why am I I should be willing to make that person feel like they came and they said, I did this, and they feel like they're the worst person in the world. When they get done talking to me, they should be like, actually, I'm not that bad. If that pastor is a pastor now, God could probably, he can work with me, I guess. You know, like, like, am I willing to pull the whole thing out? Am I willing to just, like, throw that out there? And, I, and like I said, I'm not asking you to go on Facebook today and list all the sins you've ever done. Like, I'm not asking you to do that. But if a person needed to connect and they were asking, could God forgive me for this? Or, or could God let me go of this? Or, and it doesn't even have to be in the same category sometimes. Sometimes somebody did something, they're like, God will never forgive me, or I don't feel like I can ever be forgiven this. You might not have the same situation, but I can go to my Rolodex and be like, this is probably in their mind equally as horrible. So <laughs> <laughs> let me use this, covered in the blood of Jesus, not feeling anymore, but this is what Jesus saved me from. Right. See, we, when, when you get, when shame's not in your world, you're not embarrassed of the story because you're not the story. Like, you know, sometimes people, when I know they're, they're kind of new and, and they haven't had that full revelation of Jesus, but they do feel this need to have, uh, like, confession and talk about things, that it takes forever for them to tell me what they did because they have to set up all of the precursors of somehow making this not as bad as it's going to sound when I say the end. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you know a friend's struggling and you're trying to get it out of them and you're like, so what's going on? And it's like a two-hour story. You're like, I, I was just asking why you're not smiling. <laughs> and, they're, and, they're, and they're hesitating. They don't want to say their shame behind that thing. Every single person that has come to salvation has to recognize that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. None of us were good enough. None of us were okay. None of us. I want to I rip that bandit off because this is what drives... So when shame's in your world, listen, in some of the best looking, not physical, but best acting, let's use that, best acting Christians you know might not be operating from a place of love, but they might be operating from a place of shame. Wow. Why shame is a good hider is because it can produce a performer out of you. Wow. And you do all the right things. But you're not doing it because you love Jesus. And you're not doing it because he loves you. You're not doing it because you've been forgiven. You're doing it because you're not sure if you're forgiven. Uh, this, is, this is a meaty one, by the way. I'm not, I'm not giving you guys the, you know, we, we got some awesome encounter. That was amazing. But I just want to hit this where it really is. 
Now, it's not, it's not just, I'm not saying, and you guys are all looking around like, you know, John Johnson serves a lot. I wonder if he has, no, I'm not saying. <laughs> you know, BJ, he's got a high shirt and usher on every week. What's going on? I'm not saying start looking for good people and be like, they have shame. I'm just saying <laughs> it can hide in that mask. It can hide in the mask of your super Christian-y and friendly. You show up to church, oh, what's up, what's up, how are you? Oh, man, I'm so good. And like, like you know, they, they, they come in and like broken leg, just got in a car crash. How you doing? Can barely talk. I'm great. You know, like, like they, there's never, never been a, you can't, in your relationship with them, you can't remember a time where they were ever like, yeah, actually, I'm feeling like I got kicked in the teeth or, Man, I, I got in a fight with my spouse. You know, like there's no transparency. There can be shame sometimes behind that. And look, if you're resonating with this, that's why we're going to talk about because we're going to get the shame off. We're going to get the shame off. Ben, why don't you guys come back up because you guys got to shut me down here. I just wanted to bring a little teaching on this. You were meant to be in your spirit, naked and unashamed. Once you have Jesus, nothing about your story, nothing about your story, first let's start BC, before Christ or uh, before him, nothing about that should shame you one bit. Nothing. Because you should know that I didn't have Jesus. And you should know that those stories and what Jesus forgave you for are powerful. And that's why the enemy, after you get saved, he loves shame. Because that covering that you that he puts on you and that you that is blocking you is also blocking others from seeing you. And other people, God intended you to be seen, to be known, to be loved. It's where I shamelessly plug connect groups, and I'm gonna do it again. That's why we have connect groups. <laughs> so that you can get comfortable with a few people. Because it's kind of scary at first if you've lived in shame for a long time. Start with the safest person, you know. Begin to live life. But, but also, there's no point in doing that unless you have Jesus. And then after you're a Christian, listen, we're in process. That's why Jesus didn't just save us from the past, but his salvation hits in the current and is planning to be there for you in the future. That's why the Bible says, when you sin, confess to one another so that you're healed. You know, Jesus fully knew when he saved you that we'd still maybe be working out some of this process. I have a thing in me that I'm pretty mellow. I'm not super controlling a lot of things, but if it's a core value, I can have passion. I literally yelled at a guy last Wednesday night in a line at McDonald's because he was trying, there was a big line of cars in the drive-thru and he was trying to get in from the side. And no one else, because everyone else had the wisdom to go, a Big Mac is probably not worth a a fight. A shootout. You shouldn't have a drive-by shooting over a Big Mac. It's just not worth it. But me, I don't care about the, I wasn't even getting food. It was for my boys. We do Happy Meal sometimes after church because it's a long day. But I'm out the car. Hey, wait your turn. There's a line. And then 
He has the audacity to roll that. Did this all happen, babe? Yeah, yeah, those are good. <laughs> he has the audacity to roll his window down and try to tell me that, oh, who's here first? I'm like, then why did you try to cut? Or he said, I was here before you. And I was like, why did you try to cut in front of every single car before me then? Were you in front of them? And I saw you pull up, bro. You know, like, <laughs> you know what? And honestly, once my wife got in my head and pointed out, because she said something, she's like, it's a Big Mac. Like, it's... It's not. Thank you, Pastor Andy. You are a man of God. He fears the Lord. <laughs> I'd probably do it again. I don't know. But the point, <laughs> the point is this. Is I, I did feel a check. <laughs> Holy Spirit's like, what if that guy comes to your church? <laughs> <laughs> Like, you're called here to win a city and take a city for Jesus. And there's one guy who will never come on that altar call because you chewed him out of McDonald's line. And I felt conviction. And for a minute, I was thinking, I'm like, because whenever I do something really dumb, here's what the, I feel the Holy Spirit say. You're going to use that in a message. And for a minute, I didn't want, I, this is a simple example. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to use that, whatever. And it was actually more the shame that I was at McDonald's than the shame that, <laughs> I'll yell at someone, but I'm just ashamed to tell y'all we go to McDonald's more than we should. <laughs> it's the, <laughs> the shame. Yeah, everyone just looks, I mean, that is a shame factory. Like we all, y'all look around each other like, let's just not make eye contact. We're all here. <laughs> But anyways, I digress. Jesus, where was I? Oh, shame. Felt some shame around that situation. And then just even in my quiet time, I just was thinking about shame and God brought that back up. He's like, will you use that story if I ask you to? And by the way, it wasn't my notes. I really wasn't playing. But of course he was prepping me. He said, would you use that story if I asked you to? And I was like, oh, I'm gonna preach on shame. Yes, Lord. And I just did a slight little heart check. Boop. You know what? Y'all, all y'all have snuck McDonald's or some fast food late one night after church or y'all done it. And if you haven't done it, props to you, but I'm just gonna minister to the people that feel shame. If you have been through a drive-through today, I release you in the name of Jesus. Taco Bell. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. You're welcome, Pastor Andy. <laughs> Don't use this as liberty to destroy your temple either, okay? Okay, now serious. I just want to go after shame. I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes. I don't care if it's as small as a McDonald's or as big as adultery. If you have Jesus and you've asked for his forgiveness, the matter is settled. And if you're in a cycle and you're, you're trying to get out of it and you're, you've messed up today, today you can come to Jesus and he can forgive you. And then he's gonna ask you, don't be in shame, but get, get real with someone, trusted with wisdom, 
who's not judgmental or has a religious spirit, but who loves you and loves Jesus. If they love Jesus and they love you, they can help. Because the goal is to walk around unashamed. That you could have a camera crew, secret camera crew watch you for a week. And I'm not saying you'd behave in a way you wouldn't, that is perfect. I'm saying you would ha have that grace level. So that's what Jesus did. There's nothing in your world that he's too ashamed of to call you his. Nothing. Beautiful Savannah preached on Judas was on the team and Jesus knew what Judas would do. So if you need to break off shame right now, Holy Spirit, I invite you in the room. And God, if we are struggling with shame in any area, would you just now bring that to the surface? Bring that to our mind. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now I'm gonna pray for you, but here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. If, if you wanna break off shame in your world, in a minute I'm gonna ask you to stand up. But when you stand up, I want you to understand that what you're saying is, Jesus, I give this, you're gonna put that at the foot of the cross. You are good, you are holy, you are perfect, Jesus. I am not, but your power will begin to make me like you. And I can't take this with me anymore, so I give it to you. The Bible says that Jesus became your sin and shame. So when you give it to him, it gets the whip and it gets the cross and it dies. It dies. And never again feel shame or condemnation. So if that's you, like I said, big or small, Holy Spirit's brought some shame up. I'm just gonna ask you right now to stand up and I wanna pray for you. Awesome, lots of people, lots of people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer after me if you're standing. We're all gonna do it out loud together. Jesus tonight, Let's, let's make sure our shame hears it, the devil hears it. Jesus tonight, I give you this shame and this guilt. And I believe that you have taken it fully and have forgiven me fully. And I will not feel embarrassed about this anymore. I will not let this be something that keeps me hidden. But I will use this moment when you ask me to help others, to freely share what you took from my life. It's about you, Jesus. Take this shame once and for all. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.